Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Friends Forever Show, start listening to us or suffer the consequences. What is up, everybody? Welcome inside Studio 34. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Stamfel. We are live on the Sports Grid TV network. Thank you for watching on Zumo, Pluto, Stir, and YouTube as well. Going to get into a lot from today. We got some fantasy baseball news and notes to talk about. Uh, Greg Sussman, hopefully, will be joining me at some point here on the show as well. Uh, yesterday, we played a little bit. Who is this year's blank? We did it from a positive perspective. We looked at some potential breakout players, maybe a closer that can surprise us late in drafts. Today, none of that. We're not gonna. We're not looking at the positive anymore. We've done the good stuff. Now we got to get into the bad stuff. We got to look at the other side. Who is this year's blank? We'll look at a, an early round hitter that might be able to to let us down this upcoming season we might look into uh we not, not might we are going to look into an early round starting pitcher that might let us down here in 2020 as well and we'll also get into uh an early round closer who could potentially lose his job early on in the season again this is the fantasy bfs live on a hump day here on the sports grid network we're going to get into some of the news and notes in the fantasy baseball world franklin barreto Josh James, some Lourdes Gurriel notes as well. We'll do that all here on the Fantasy BFFs right after this Newsday update done by Sean Guastamante. Sports Grid News Update. I'm Sean Guastamante with your BFFs news update all right major league baseball news the cubs are committed to batting chris bryant lead off they announced that earlier this week also some news the red sox have agreed to a minor league deal with catcher jonathan lucroy now some other baseball news making waves that is rob manfred the mlb commissioner on sunday with call ravish of espn a long interview well he made some mistakes notably calling the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Well, Rob Manfred corrected that mistake, and he spoke about it today. In an effort to make a rhetorical point, I referred to the World Series trophy in a disrespectful way. 
And I want to apologize for that. There's no excuse for it. Um, I made a mistake. I was trying to make a point, but I should have made it in a more effective way. And again, I want to apologize for it. Also making news, LeBron James, the Los Angeles Lakers superstar, called out Rob Manfred, said, listen to your players. He was upset about the cheating scandal. He went on to say, listen, I know I don't play baseball, but I am in sports, and I know if someone cheated me out of winning the title and I found out about it, I would be effing irate, end quote. That's LeBron James, so not making it easier on Rob Manfred, that's for sure. All right, some NBA news. It's official. Jonathan Beeline is out as Cleveland Cavs head coach. He went 40 uh, losses. He had 14 wins in just a half season. He did sign a five-year deal, but they negotiated it out. He will be paid just for the time served and a little bit more on the first year of that deal. So Jonathan Beeline out as coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. J.B. Bickerstaff takes over. That will be as soon as tomorrow when the players get back. And so that is your BFFs news update. Now back to Frank Stanfold in the studio. Take it away, Frank. Thanks a lot, Sean. Appreciate the news update. You might have saw a little uh, flash across the, the screen the screen there, you know. That was uh, some might consider him a superhero. I consider him my co-host. It is Greg Sussman now joining the party. Greggy, how'd you sleep last night, bud? I slept all right, man. I slept all right. I slept uh, better than the night before, which is a plus. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Happy to be here. A lot of fun things to talk about today, and uh, I'm excited to do so. Frank. Happy hump day to you, bud. Happy Wednesday. We got some Feels like Thursday, which is the frustrating part. I wish it were Thursday. I'm saying, <laughs> like I said, that's frustrating. Not Thursday yet. No, not there yet. But a lot going on today, Frank, and I wanted to get into some of it before we got into uh, the players that uh, we are avoiding this year. Not all the players we're avoiding. We'll do a whole show on that. But, like, the players that were, like, a pinpoint, we're like, you know what? This is the guy I don't want. Yeah. Probably not going to have this guy on my team. Right. Exactly. Before we do that, a guy that I asked you about previously was Lord Escuriel. I go, Frank, uh, can you tell me if I should like this player? Because he's in a lineup that we like. It has Vladimir Guerrero Jr., it has Dante Bichette Jr., and he's in right in the middle of it. And he's going to have multiple position eligibility. He's going to hit third. And now it comes out he may be the first baseman sometimes. He's going to play some second base, some outfield. I'm like, dude, this guy could be good. People seem to like his brother, Yuli Guriel. So, Frank, should I like Lourdes Guriel? I am interested in Lourdes Guriel. You look at the lineup, as you mentioned, Greg. Everyone's excited about Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., as well as well as uh, Kevin Biggio, right? So we have a bunch of second-generation players here on this team. It's a good lineup, good ballpark to hit in. And there are other really good ballparks to hit in in the American League East as well. I'm I'm slightly interested in Lourdes Guriel. Just slightly. The problem is the ADP where he's going right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of players that I also like in that range. So in the month of February, he's going around pick 135. A little higher than I thought. So you're going to have to take him. Oh, that's Yuli Guriel. Excuse me, Lourdes Gurriel. Continue. You can't just command F the Gurriel anymore. You can't do that. you got to look up Lourdes Gurriel. 153. 20 picks later. Going right around Salvador Perez, who is a catcher target of mine, Greg. No Fine. surprise, he's ancient. You know, I love my oldies. Well, you don't win. Jorge Polanco, Scott Kingery, Byron Buxton. I kind of like Lourdes like Gurriel than every other player you Seems like a fair range to be, cool to be a part of. Last year, you played just 84 games and hit 20 home runs, Frank. If you played 100 and. 68 games, he would have 40 home runs. That's what he was you know, close on pace for. Now, he doesn't have to do that. He played essentially half a season at 20 home runs. If you're telling me we can get legitimately 35 home runs at this spot, middle infield eligibility potentially, I'm interested. 
So you asked me the other day, why did he struggle in the second half? That's correct. And I'm trying to figure that out myself, and I'm, I'm looking at it right now. The hard hit rate dropped a little bit in the second half, not enough to really make a difference. I mean, he was still over 42% hard contact rate in the second half of the season. His line drive rate went down about 3%. Uh, He started hitting more ground balls. That seems like an issue. Went from 38% ground ball rate in the first half to 42% uh, in the second half. Uh, And his home run to fly ball ratio dropped massively. Uh 26% in the first half, 10.8%. In the second half of the season, so it shouldn't have dropped off that much based on this hard contact rate. So there are there are, there are still questions when it comes to Lord Esguriel this upcoming season. All right. So was that a? I don't know if that was positive. I don't know. Or negative. Like, I don't know what it's that like was. It's like an indifferent. Uh, that was not like drafting Lord. TBD. TBD on uh, on Lord Esguriel to be determined. All right. So to be determined uh, on Lord Esguriel. Okay. Up next for us here, Frank today, uh, Chris Bryant said, "Hey, I'm cool hitting leadoff. Does that change anything for you?" Uh, doesn't really, I mean, he's a good OBP, uh, contributor. So I guess that makes sense. He obviously has a really good eye at the plate. You look at his career, nearly 12% walk rate. That makes a lot of sense. 385 OBP in his career. The problem, Greg, from a fantasy perspective, and I, I guess we kind of have to just accept it at this point is he's been batting second the past couple of years. Okay. So his change. RBI output has already been down recently. Sure. Last year, 77 RBI the year before that. 52, of course, he was hurt, only played 102 games in 2018. Uh, and then 73 RBI back in 2017. He has not had more than 77 ribbies in a single season since 2016. Interesting. I think that if you told the average baseball fan that about Chris Bryant. Wouldn't get that. Yeah, like they would get surprised. I wouldn't that. get it. So um, that's something that you just have to keep in consideration. I, I don't think I'm ever going to own Chris Bryant. Just, you know, where he's going in that fifth round range. I'll target a Manny Machado around there. I usually look at a first baseman around there, someone like yeah. Jose Abreu. You know I, I like Jose Abreu a ton. Yeah. And, like, he's a fine, you know, three-category t- contributor, maybe. Gives you home runs, gives you runs, but 282, like, it's a good batting average. It's not sure. a great batting average. Doesn't help you in RBI, doesn't give you stolen bases. Chris Bryant is fine. Probably a better points league player, probably a better uh, OBP format. I know that you play in an OBP format, so where where walks count, someone some in a league like that, I think that's where you should be targeting Chris Bryant. Minutes to go before the break, one more piece of news before we get to the, that commercial, and that is Franklin Brito, former top prospect for the Oakland A's. We heard about him for years as a shortstop prospect, and he's just 24 years old. And maybe this kind of fits the Rafi Devers category we were talking about yesterday. He's just 24 years old. And he's probably the favorite to be the starting second baseman. Jerickson Profar uh, is now in San Diego. We talked off air how we kind of like Jerickson Profar this year in San Diego. But what about the guy that's going to replace him, going to potentially replace him in Franklin Barreto at second base? Interesting power-speed combination. You yeah. look at what he did last year, 19 homers and 15 steals with a 295 batting average in AAA. He has played about 80 games at the major league level and has a 189 batting average. Probably will go up. I wish the A's would just give him the opportunity. I think they are. Just let him play. I think they are. Don't let him worry about, you know, looking over his shoulder. Give him an opportunity. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Jorge Mateo as well. He's out of options. All right. Good point there. All right. More on the way next here in the BFFs. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Frank and I finding another player that we like together. This is good. Greg, we like a lot of players together. We don't normally. The problem is they yeah. don't steal bases. That's okay. <laughs> I feel Nobody like we, steals bases. I feel like we don't normally like these many players at the same time. Um, I'm trying to be open-minded about some of these old guys. The year that we're finally on the same page, like, last play is guaranteed. I don't agree. Because, like, last year we thought we had a plan and we did very, very poorly. We didn't do poorly. We did. You, I actually looked back at... The notes that I had for that auction going into that night, we, we wound up with a lot of those players. No, we were prepared. For sure. We had a plan. We executed We had it. Ronald Acuna. We did. Pretty damn good. Yeah, he was awesome. You know who we also had? Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Not so good. Not so good. We executed the plan. <laughs> you can say a lot about us. We went in the auction with the plan, and we executed it. Yes. I'm pretty sure our plan was to piss everybody else in the, uh, off in the auction. That was the year before. Exactly yeah. what we did. I don't think we pissed people off last year. <laughs> year before, we pissed people off. I don't think we did that last year. Right. I, I was too nice last year. I think that was part of my problem. Okay. So we have to go full Carlos Correa. We got to go into the auction. Like, I think it's full on heels. Like, I think I should just like walk in front of Colette and just like just try to like, mouth off at some point. <laughs> like if he doesn't hear you, like just walk I up said to him. twenty-seven. You know, something like that. Yes, just walk right up to him. It's great. Right here, hello, it's great. twenty-seven like, dollars. Like, obviously, you're in the industry. Like you can't upset people. Like me, I, I don't care. I'll be the guy, and everyone will be like, oh, we, the we like, industry. We like Frank. We don't like Greg. Like, All right, cool. That works. You like the yeah, good cop, bad cop. Sure. Perfect. So, uh, Mark Hanna. Well, people, I think, are, are probably going to start to hate us just by association. Hate me by association. That was what happened two years ago. <laughs> uh, anyway, Mark Hanna. Uh, we're in. Yes. Like Fourth, it. fifth outfielder in the Roto League. Love I'm, it. I, I, I'm in on Kettle Marte. You're in on him? I like Kettle Marte. He still bases? Mm. About 10. <laughs> Not many, Greg. All right. Well, anyway. What about Adalberto Mondesi, Greg? You don't like him? Well, how about Jonathan VR? I don't, I don't dislike Jonathan VR. I don't really like Jonathan. VR. Really? Okay. Uh, one more name I want to get to before we figure out who this year's blank is uh, was Josh James. He was a, a hype guy for a little while last spring, and then it was clear he wasn't really going to be in the rotation. My man, I, I called Brad Peacock all spring, got that right. Then unfortunately he couldn't survive as a starter. He kept getting hurt. And this year, Dusty Baker's not even messing with him. So Josh James is going to be in the rotation. The cool thing now, that Josh James can stay in the rotation if he wins the job. You know Dusty Baker's going to throw him out there for 125 pitches, right? There's no, like, innings limit or pitch limit when it comes to Josh James this year. You don't think James Click is going to have any input on not wearing out the arm and shoulder of Josh James, Greg? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Dusty Baker, old school manager, we definitely could don't see. Don't give an F, man. Right, look, it'll be crazy to see if they actually do some that with someone like Lance McCullers because the guy obviously has dealt with a lot of injuries and I would be surprised if McCullers That's gives different. you That's more different. than 140, 150. Dude, Josh innings. James is going to throw a billion innings. Josh James was great last year in a swingman role, more so in relief. 61 innings pitch, K per nine over 14 last year. The underlying numbers, 377 XFIP, 16% swinging strike rate. Uh, and back in 2018, Greg, the reason why people liked him going into last year's season in 2019 was in 2018, made 17 starts at AAA, 
340 ERA, 109 whip, 12.9 Ks per nine, does struggle a little bit with the walks. And Craig Mish actually revealed this to me earlier today. Apparently, he had a, a problem with sleep apnea, which they just figured out a couple of years ago, which is why he can throw harder now. Sure. He can potentially go deeper into games as well. So if you're looking for a deep sleeper, late round flyer, you're a doing... deep sleeper, sleep apnea. I see what you did there. Unintended, of course. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Nice. Uh, but if you're doing one of these drafted holds right now, I would look at Josh James as, as someone who does have massive strikeout upside. Uh, and for reference, he went in the 21st round of the NFBC Draft Champions draft that I am doing right now, Greg. Okay, Josh James. I like it. I think if he has a good spring, I see the ADP rising for him. Yeah, he's already on the move. He was, you know, I think probably outside the top 30 rounds last week when I did a draft. And again, he went in round 21. We'll see what happens with Forrest Whitley because sure, of course. I think there's a chance, you know, he could be called up early this season if he performs he's well like, in the he's minors. Good. He wasn't good last year. He was not good last year, and he was hurt last year. So he does have some obstacles to overcome uh, to get into the Houston Astros rotation. But as of now, it looks like Josh James is the front runner for that five spot. Okay, Josh James, somebody we are definitely looking at. I also just kind of stumbled upon somebody named uh, Harold Castro. You know who that is? Yes, the outfielder for the Miami Marlins, Greg. Uh, that's incorrect. Harold Castro? Yes. Uh, what am I thinking? He's an outfielder on the Detroit Tigers. Oh. Uh, <laughs> must be Harold. Uh, who am I thinking of? Then? Harold Ramirez. Harold Ramirez. You, saw, uh, you answered so confidently. How can I get Harold Ramirez and Harold Castro mixed up? Dude, Harold Castro last year played 97 games for the Tigers. His OBP was missed that one. Uh, it was three hundred five because his OBP in the second half was like three ninety. Uh, his average was two ninety one. He had five home runs. His strikeout to the strikeout percentage was twenty three point three percent. His walk percentage was two point four percent. Great OBP in the second half. Harold Castro. There you go. Let, let's just do a whole show of Greg Sussman finds things out on Fangraphs that happened last year in the baseball season. It's a fun show. I tell you that much. I'm a blast. I'm looking it. at the roster resource page for the Tigers right now. Greg. Is he in the lineup? Uh, he is not in the lineup. He is not on the bench. What? <laughs> they released Harold Castro? <laughs> I don't know. Is he in the minors? We're going to have to do some Harold Castro research here. Yes, can I talk about that tomorrow on the show? I will, I, I will ask him about Harold Castro. All right, fantastic. Let me move on uh, to names I do know, and that includes a former Marlin, Giancarlo Stanton. Last year, he was drafted as a second-round pick in his second season in the Bronx, and a lot of people expected huge things. They were wrong. He played like 12 games for this team and earned the ire of Frank Stample forever. Frankie, Giancarlo Stanton claimed yesterday he's ready to rock. There are no limitations on him. Aaron Bruce says, yeah, we'll DH him a bunch this year. Are you back in in 2020 on Giancarlo Stanton? I am not in on Giancarlo Stanton. Again, I like to target batting average and stolen bases early on in my drafts, and Giancarlo Stanton is still going in that fourth, fifth round range. And look, if everything breaks right for him, you know, his 95th percentile outcome is he's probably hitting over 50 home runs with a ton of RBIs in one of the best lineups in baseball, one of the best hitting ballparks in baseball. But I personally have question marks and skepticism when it comes to the health. How healthy can he be for this upcoming season and, and for the rest of his career? You know, he played 18 games last year. He has another season in 2016. He played 119 games. The year before that, 74 games. From 2017 to 2018, he missed a total of seven games. If you get that out of Stanton, then he is 100% going to pay off his value. But I just have question marks about the health, Greg. I mean, can him and Judge, you know, guys that are built the way that they are, can they withstand the course of an entire season? Dealt with a shoulder injury last year, a knee injury last year. I'm not going to have any Giancarlo Stanton. If you're swinging for the fences and you want to go for upside in your middle rounds, go ahead. But personally, 
I prefer someone who is just safer than John Carlos. It's funny because he's the type of guy that really fits the mold of what you learned last year, right? A guy that can finish as a first round pick that everyone's down on for one reason or not. But I get it. You didn't like him two years ago. You didn't like him last year um, at the draft. And there's so many injuries. Now, he is that type of guy. He is that type of player. Like Clayton Kershaw last season. But I understand why you're so down on him. I get it. Matt Modica has pointed this out on Twitter, too. How many seasons? You, you're probably looking at a Sandgrass page right now. I'm not. How many seasons I am do you think he has? I am looking at the Sandgrass page Oscar Hernandez, though. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Again, these are, if I brought up these <laughs> names, Greg would just want to strangle me. But, of course, when he does it, it's allowed to happen. It's fun. How many fun seasons do you think John Carlos Stanton has over 40 home runs, Greg? Uh, three, I would say. It was the year he hit 59. That's, a, that's like a really interesting stat. So he hit 38 in his first season with the Yankees. He has another season with he has two other seasons with 37. You just haven't gotten enough consistency out of Giancarlo Stanton. If you're somebody who likes to take risks early on in your draft and you're looking for someone who can you know, outperform their ADP, I'm not going to doubt that from Stanton. He has huge upside. I also think that he has incredible downside as well. Um, I won't be targeting him, but if you want that upside in the fourth, fifth round range, then Stanton is your guy. But who is this year's Giancarlo Stanton? Who's going to let us down like Stanton did? We're going to answer that question in a game we like to call, Who is this year's Giancarlo Stanton? All around me are familiar faces, worn out places. And there you go. Worn out faces. It's time to play Who's This Year's Giancarlo Stanton, Frank. Yesterday we talked a lot about Aaron Judge and his injuries and how you're a little bit nervous about him. Is he someone that could be this year's Giancarlo Stanton? I think that Aaron Judge can be in this category of uh, someone that's going in the early rounds in the second, third round range that can let you down this upcoming season. Not really a target of mine, but I'm going to go in a different direction, Greg. I'm going to go with Jose Altuve, and it has nothing to do with the buzzers, with the cheating scandal, with Tattoo Gate. Uh, is it in script? Is it in print? I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm looking purely at the production from Jose Altuve last year, and there are things looking into his profile last night, Greg, that stood out to me, and in a negative way. His 15% strikeout rate last year was a career high for Jose Altuve. His 7.5% walk rate was his lowest since 2015. He did hit 298 last year. His expected batting average was 282. That was the lowest it has been in any of the past four seasons. Uh, he's dealt with a ton of leg injuries the past couple of years. He had a knee injury. He had some surgery on that two years ago. Had a hamstring injury last year. He missed 63 games over the past two seasons. And I could see the knee, the hamstring, one of those injuries flaring up again this year. He doesn't run anymore, so he doesn't really contribute anything in stolen bases I think he'll still be a fine player. I don't think he's going to come back, uh, you know, come anywhere close to the power he put up last year or anywhere close to the stolen bases that he used to give you. So he'll likely hit 290, something like that, 20 to 25 home runs. He hits in a good uh, lineup, so the runs in RBI should be solid, but maybe 5 to 10 stolen bases. I I'm just really not depending on anything there. And I think that there's actually a pretty good chance that he misses time, which fits that mold of, you know, an early-round pick who lets you down uh, because of production and missing time. I think Jose Altuve is one of those players. You weren't high on Altuve last year, uh, as you said, because you didn't think he was going to run be because of that hip injury that he was battling. You thought the power would go down. He didn't really. Like, he, had a, he had a good year. He had a crazy year. second half. 22 home runs with a 944 OPS, Greg. That was thanks to a 25% home run to fly ball ratio. When we're talking about the juice ball, Jose Altuve is someone who strikes me as a beneficiary of the juice ball. His previous season high, 
was 14.6% in terms of home run to fly ball ratio. That second half to me from last year, it, it just looks a little bit fluky, Greg. I get it, man. I, I get it. So for me, I don't have 30 seconds to go before the break, but for me, I just want to point out Fernando Tatis. Like, I get it. He's 20 years old. No, save it for after the break, Greg. We'll do it coming back. I'll tell you exactly why you're wrong on Fernando Tatis. Hey, <laughs> afraid to send us to break then. Oh, oh, uh, coming back after the break, we're gonna. I'm gonna tell you why Fernando Tatis is not this year's Giancarlo Stanton, and we'll get into some pitching as well here on the BFS. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, so during the break, for those wondering, uh, the names that I brought up to Frank for randomly in baseball were Teoscar uh, Hernandez, Ryan McMahon, McMahon, Kavan Biggio. Is there another one that I brought up? Ah, uh, yes, Tim Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Kavan Biggio's interesting. I like Kavan Biggio. Like Kevon Biggio. Yeah. He almost hits too many fly balls, Greg. He kind of has the uh, Reese Hoskins syndrome. So he hits too many fly balls, he doesn't hit the ball hard enough. His hard hit percentage um, in the second half is only 33.5%. But the reason why you like him, which you have to remind everyone, because everyone's league is different, Greg. You play in a league where walks matter, where OBP matters. That's right. And in a league like that, Kevon Biggio is much better because he's probably going to hit 235. So he hit 234 last year, and his OBP was 364. Exactly. That is good. I was telling you this during the break. He's the only thing that's great about Kevon Biggio, Frank, yeah. he had 16 homers, 14 stolen bases. 14 for 14. That's Zero correct. caught ceiling. That's correct. I like Kevon Biggio. You know what's going to happen to Kevon Biggio? He's going to be. He just made the list. He just made the list. And again, he is great for OBP leagues. Uh, he's all right in points leagues because he's still going to strike out a decent amount. But. If you play in a standard 5x5 Roto or a categories league that counts batting average, he's going to hurt your batting average. And I was telling Greg this during the break. I mean, his approach is he's almost too passive, Greg. He has a really good eye at the play. He likes to take a lot of pitches. He likes to draw a lot of walks. But at times, he almost takes too many pitches. Like, he lets the good pitch go by in order of, you know, working the count and getting the opposing pitcher's pitch count up. Uh, and because of that... You know, oftentimes it leads to him striking out, and you know he he does have to hit less fly balls as well. I, I like to see him decrease that long. Forty-seven percent fly ball percentage. A last little year. bit. You got to decrease. It. Oftentimes we're begging guys to increase their launch angle. Come on, Biggio, if you're out there watching, will you decrease the launch angle just a little bit? I do like the power speed combination, though, Greg. I think we should draft him. If we get solid batting average, you know, elsewhere, then sure, I have no problem with that. I can. That can be our 15 to 20 steals there, Greg. That's what, that's what we were just talking about. That's what we're trying to find. All right, Kevon Biggio, let's go. Potentially on the BFF list, but definitely on Greg Sussman. Definitely on my list. All right, uh, someone that I'm a little bit cautious about having on my list. I know it's not fun. It's Fernando Tatis. 21 years old uh, is what he will play at for 
the season turned 21 at the beginning of January. And now he's burst onto the scene last year. He was absolutely incredible with 22 home runs and 16 steals. Uh, struck out about 30% of the time, walked about 8% of the time, but only played in 84 games as he did battle injury. Everyone's very, very high on in the hardy percentage, about 42% last year. I'm simply worried about his ability to stay healthy, Frank, because we have not seen we have not seen that yet at the major league level. I'm worried about the juice ball a little bit with him uh, if he comes back down to earth here. I know in the minors, obviously, he's had a ton of power. I don't know. I just think when you're drafting him in the first round, he needs to give you 30-20. This is what you need of him as a first-round pick. Do you get that? I don't know. I mean, the average was amazing. He was amazing last Steamer year. Steamer likes to think so, Greg. Yes, they do. Steamer has uh, Fernando Tatis projected for 30 home runs and 23 stolen bases. That's what you need. He does that. He's first round back. With a 265 batting average. You'd like to see a better batting average. Greg, I'll just say two words when it comes to Fernando Tatis. Is it Fernando Tatis? Javier Baez. He reminds me so much of Javier Baez because I, I know what you don't like about him. Yep. It's the plate discipline. You huh? look at the swinging strike rate, it's not good. He chases so many pitches out of the zone. You don't Correct. like the plate discipline when it comes to Fernando Tatis, but I'm telling you, I have been burned by players like this before, doubting somebody like a Javier Baez, and Fernando Tatis just fits that mold where he, this is the player who he is. He's going to swing and miss a lot. He's going to chase pitches out of the zone, but he's also going to make spectacular things happen just because he is an uber athlete, and he is a an extremely talented baseball player as well. So you can't – it's – it's tough, Greg, because, you know, you kind of got to pick and choose when you want to use the data and when you kind of have to just look at the talent of a player and the prospect pedigree. And I understand, you know, there's no exact science to this on, on when you can do that and when you can't. But given as much talent as he has, the hype, the prospect pedigree, what we saw last year, you know, I almost kind of throw his plate discipline out the window, Greg. Okay. And I, I think he's going to be good for a 275 to 280 batting average this year. Still going to strike out 20, a lot. 2020. You know, 25 to 30 home runs, close to 25 steals. And, and, again, if he does that, you know, he's going to pay off that first-round price tag. All right, last year in the first round, or around the first tier of pitchers, you drafted Trevor Bauer. We drafted Trevor Bauer. He was our ace, Frank. It, it didn't go well. Uh, he was traded midseason Cincinnati. It didn't get better. And now you could not be more off on Trevor Bauer this year. I tried talking you into him a bit because I told you you can't let your past biases – Affect your team this year. And you're doing that with Trevor Bauer. Well, I'm also doing it with Trevor Bauer because he has one season where he hasn't had an ERA over four. So you tell me what's the aberration when it comes to Trevor Bauer. In 2018, he had a 2-2-1 ERA with a 109 whip. Every other season in his career, he has had at least a 4.18 ERA and at least a 1.25 whip. So you tell me, what's the aberration? What's the outlier when it comes to Trevor Bauer in his career? It's undoubtedly 2018. I think that he is very talented, but I also think that he tinkers too much. He thinks too much when he's on the mound. Sure. He's a hothead. We saw last year he took the ball and launched it into center field <laughs> over the batter's eye in Kansas City. The guy's just absolutely out of his mind. He cares more about what Rob Manford is doing and what people are saying and the Houston Astros cheating scandal than just honing his craft and becoming the best pitcher that he possibly can. I understand the upside is tantalizing, and you look at the swing and miss stuff and his strikeout upside. I get all of that. But until you have owned Trevor Bauer, you do not understand what it means to actually live through the experience that is Trevor Bauer. So I, I will say, Greg, the people who I believe are in on Trevor Bauer this year, outside of you, are people who haven't owned him in the past. 
Yeah, I don't. I just I understand the reasons you don't like Trevor yeah. Bauer. I I do. It's very it was very very frustrating last year. But I do think he's smart. I do think he cares. Like, all these people that are praising—he's almost too smart. All these people that are praising Garrett Cole for like the work he's putting in at Yankee camp, all these cameras, all these changes they're making—like you gotta appreciate what Bauer does too. If it works, right. it works for Garrett Cole. It doesn't work for Trevor Bauer. He can tinker as much as he wants. It doesn't work. It worked one season in his career. And Greg, let me remind you that when Please he moved do. over to Cincinnati, his ERA was six point three nine in the Great American Small Park. Very bad. Guess where he's pitching this year, Greg? Oh, the Great American Small Park. <laughs> Cincinnati. But that was Trevor Bauer. Yeah. And the, the question that we need to ask for this year uh, is, who is this year's Trevor Bauer? All around me are familiar faces. Worn out there you go. Look at that face. Look how happy he is, right? Worn out faces. Looks so happy, Greg. You want me to get it started here? Light. It seems like you want to. All right. I'm going to go with you, Darvish. And... Michael Florio is not going to be happy to hear that because he loves you, Darvish. He drafted him on his Tout Wars uh -huh. team. He tweeted out he's going to be higher on you, Darvish, than anybody else. And I understand, you know, what he did in the second half. And it's not just the second half, Greg. It was really the first eight starts where he was god awful. I remember horrific downstairs in the pit, us watching the start against the Miami Marlins, I remember where he that. had like five shutout innings. Yeah, it was great. He allowed a earned run. Yes, uh, not shutout. Four one hit innings. He allowed an earned run because he had six I remember, that. I remember that vividly. Six walks. So baseball season is when Frank doesn't talk to anybody in the pit. He just sits there. And we're like, Frank, we need you to do work. He's like, I'm watching baseball. I'm watching you, Darvish, suck. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, the walks were out of control. His first eight starts, his walks per nine was 8.1 walks per nine. I mean, that makes uh, that makes that makes Robbie Ray look like Masahiro Tanaka, basically, in terms of command. Eight walks per nine in his first eight starts, Greg. Uh, and basically, after that start against the Miami Marlins, that's where it all turned around. His final 23 starts, Greg, two, uh, 3.61 ERA, 1.46 walks per nine, nearly 12 strikeouts per nine, 44% ground ball rate, nearly a 14% swinging strike rate. I mean, his final 23 starts last year, he was phenomenal. The question is, Frank, why don't you like you Darvish? Why is he this year's Trevor Bauer? Well, is he going to be able to keep up what he did over those 23 starts, Greg? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? That's a huge part of the equation when it comes to you, Darvish. Uh, last year, it came out that he was you know, pitching through uh, another injury. It was like a forearm injury late on in the season. Uh, he also had all the success because of a cutter that he you know, used over... 40% of the time, Greg. He never used it more than 17% of the time ever in a single season in his career. So is he going to maintain his gains in command and control? Is he going to use his cutter as much this upcoming season? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? He also changed his mechanics up. He like had a different arm angle that he was throwing from last year, and that really helped his success. Is that going to carry over? There's just there's so many moving parts. It's almost like everything came together for Darvish over those final 23 games that he pitched, Greg. And I just don't know if all of those things, every one of those aspects, is going to come together once again. And because of that, I'm likely not going to have any U Darvish this year. I have him in like one keeper league just because he's a late round keeper. But outside of that, in that fourth round range, uh, I'll likely take a Chris Paddock, a Luis Severino over him, uh, someone like that. I don't think I'm going to own much U Darvish this so year. I agree taking Severino. I know you don't like Noah Syndergaard. I take Syndergaard over him as well. Another name that kind of fits this bill, Frank, is Clayton Kershaw. 
And Kershaw had this bounce back year in many aspects last year. Did you 178 innings and going 16 and five? He started off the year slightly late. And everyone was very nervous, um, saying that Kershaw was playing on bided time, borrowed time rather, right? That that back injury was going to come back to bite him. He didn't walk more than he's walked any batters ever last year. 2.07 uh, was the walks per nine last year. The K per nine. Had it down, right? Not, or hit percentage, rather. Uh, keep her nine, yeah. 9.54 last season. I thought the if you look at the Babbitt, 262, that was really low for Clayton Kershaw. The X-Ship had him at 3.5. It's obviously very good. But for all the reasons that people didn't like Clayton Kershaw going into last year, I think you can make the same case that that doesn't change. He's still on that part of the time with his back. He's still, facing, he's still with the Dodgers where they have all these other options that they will rest him. I think you can like Clayton Kershaw. That's fine. But you shouldn't think... Just jump back in, full throttle, and he's the ace that he was from years ago. More Clayton Kershaw and the Closers, next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, back here, BFFs. We didn't talk about anybody random during that break. It was more uh, just on Clayton Kershaw. A little Kesson Hira talk toward the end, uh, which was good. Jonathan VR also got brought up. But it was mostly sticking to Clayton Kershaw. And, Frank, as I kind of dove in a little deeper here, his fastball velocity was the worst of his career last year at 90.4 miles per hour on average. Slider also went down from the year prior, 86.9. 86.9 was the average velocity, although he did get more swinging strikes on it, as you told me. You know, I think for Clayton Kershaw, he has to reinvent himself. And I know you said that he did last year. He has to reinvent himself because he's not the same pitcher that he was in the prime of his career. He's trending the wrong direction. And if he does, he's going to be effective. But is he a Tier 1 starter? He's, is he the 11th starting pitcher off the board? Is he? Should he be your ace? I don't think so anymore. I agree. I would not want him as my SP1, but where he's going right now in the fourth round, third, fourth round, around that range, if you get him as your SP2, I'm fine with that. Okay. Because I think he's still going to give you... You You drafted Trevor Bauer as your one last year. Yes. And that was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And then what I'm saying is the same thing will happen with Kershaw. It will be a mistake. Not necessarily, because, again, he reinvented himself last year. You mentioned the fastball velocity. He's... You know, you look at the that, that fastball velocity, it really dipped back down in 2018. It went yes. down to 90.9, which was the lowest of his career. And that was almost like a shock to him. He's like, how do I learn how to pitch with, right. a, fat, with a fastball velocity this low? Yeah. And I think he figured out how to do that in 2019. You look at the other skills as well. The chase rate, back up to 35%. That was his highest mark since 2014. His swinging strike rate, 12.9%. That was an almost 2% increase from 2018, not where he was in his prime years, but it's still very good. 13% uh, is a very good mark for a starting pitcher as well. The red flags that I have noticed, you still have to worry about the health. You're right. Like, right. that's not going away. No. I, but I wouldn't depend on him for 200 innings. If I'm projecting Kershaw, likely 170 to 180 innings pitched of a you know 3-5 ERA, which is a very good pitcher. Mm-hmm. And again, it's I think it's a really, really good SP2. I just probably wouldn't want him as my SP1. The other red flag that I noticed, Greg, was that the slugging percentage against both his curveball and his slider last year was a career high. 
So with the fastball velocity going down last year for Kershaw and the slugging percentage going up on his breaking pitches, he's basically a three-pitch pitcher, fastball slider curve. If people are starting to hit those harder and slug those a little bit more and his fastball already is decreasing in velocity, then there is a chance that the performance could just take a step back. So I understand what you're saying. There are red flags there. Uh, I wouldn't mind him as my SP2. I, I wouldn't want him to anchor my staff. I do think he's going to give you 170 very quality innings, but you have to keep in the back of your mind that there is a chance that he gets hurt again or the production just takes a step back due to age and the, and the fact that people are starting to hit his breaking stuff a little bit better. As you said, Frankie, um, you don't want him as your ace, and you also mentioned in the past that you don't really like that tier of starting pitchers. You'd rather wait a round or two and go uh, into the Luis Severino, Chris Paddock, Noah Syndergaard, crop of guys, Aaron Nola, you Darvish, uh, Zach Grinke, that crew, which goes a couple of rounds later than Kershaw. Uh, so you'd probably just not take a pitcher there, right? Yeah, in the third round, third, fourth round range where you often have to take Kershaw, I like a lot of the hitters there. Um, Javier Baez, someone that I'm targeting a lot, someone like a Kettle Marte, even a Kesson Hiura we were talking about during the break. Uh, I'll target a lot of those hitters and then, you know, wind up picking up like a Chris Paddock, a Noah Syndergaard, uh, a Luis Severino, someone like that. Yeah. All right, so let me move on now to the closer that we're trying to figure out. And this last year at this time, one of the top closers off the board, if not the top closer off the board, well, that was Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan came over from Washington uh, to Oakland, the Sean Doolittle, um, Ryan Matson trade. And Blake Trinan was everything we wanted him to be for years with Washington. He was spectacular for the Oakland A's down the stretch. He was immaculate. And then last year, he got hurt and never re-found it, never regained it. And Liam Hendricks took over and was awesome in his place. Blake Trinan was so bad that he got cut by the A's. They didn't want to pay him what it was going to cost to bring him back. So they cut him. He goes over to the Dodgers to be the setup man for Kenley Jansen. And if Jansen goes down, all right, well, we know who the handcuff is. It's clearly Blake Trinan. But, Frank, what happened to Blake Trinan last year? Where did it go wrong? Um, look, when it comes to Blake Trinan last year, this is someone who we've seen kind of have that upside before pitching with the Washington Nationals was never really able to put it all together. Uh, and then he did exactly that in 2018. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier in the show that for you, Darvish, in that second half, everything just came together and worked out so perfectly. It was a perfect storm for him. And I think for Blake Trinan, that's exactly what happened in 2018. And that's why we really liked him in 2019. But then the strikeouts went down massively last year, Greg. The swinging strike rate went from 18% to 12.5%. He could not find the strike zone. The walks went from 2.4 per 9 in 2018 to over 5 per 9. So you couple those things together, you're walking more batters, you're not getting as swings, uh, as many swings and misses, as many strikeouts. That means people are putting the ball in play, uh, and when they're putting the ball in play with runners on base via the walk, Greg, that's obviously going to lead to disastrous things, and that's exactly what happened with uh, with Blake Trinan last year. All right, fair enough. But the question isn't what happened to Blake Trinan last year, Frank. It's who's going to be Blake Trinan this year in a game we like to call, Who is this year's Blake Trinan? All around me are familiar faces, worn out right, there you faces, go. I also realized for this board we have an apostrophe between R and S for who is this year's, right? Not this year's, plural. Get it? You're the grammar guy. Great. So who's this year's? Yeah. Noted for Sandra. Uh, understandable. All right. So who is this year's Blake Trinan? Uh, for me, 
I kind of already alluded to it. It's Liam Hendricks, the guy that actually replaced Blake Trinan last season as the closer for the Oakland A's. Listen, being a reliever, it's volatile. We know that. Being a dominant closer, it just doesn't happen often. Liam Hendricks is 31 years old. He spent time with the Twins. He spent time with the Blue Jays, the Royals. And last year, he was dominant with the Oakland Athletics. A K for nine, or K at thir- over 13 0.13%. That was freaking awesome last year. The walks were still over two. Not great for a closer. The ERA was 1.8. What was the X if you ask? 3.21. It was a career season for Liam Hendricks, uh, one where he finally stayed healthy for the most part and pitched over 80 innings as a closer for the A's. Am I confident he could do this again? Well, he's really good in 2017. Every other year he was uh, kind of fine. So no, Frank. I'm not confident that he can do this again. I'm not confident to take him where he's being drafted uh, as one of a top-tier closer, as your first closer off the board. I'd rather go in a more short thing. I'd rather go in a different direction. I don't trust Liam Hendricks to do it. I don't even think that I have to give you one, Greg, because I feel like this is the perfect answer. Right? <laughs> I mean, going from Blake Trinan, who is this year's Blake Trinan? Well, yeah, it's the guy who replaced him in Liam Hendricks. I love this call as well. I will say, you know, how did he get as many strikeouts as he did last year? How did that swinging strike rate go to a career-high 17%, well, he did improve the fastball velocity by 2 miles per hour, right? So he was throwing 94 miles per hour uh, back in 2018, up that to 96.5 miles per hour in 2019. So he did make improvements in the velocity, uh, started getting more chases, started getting more swings and misses. But you're right, Greg, a 1.80 ERA. The year before that, ERA over 4. The year before that, ERA over 4. 2016? 376 ERA. I have my doubts when it comes to uh, Liam Hendricks for all the reasons that you mentioned. Can he maintain that velocity? Is he going to get as many swings and misses this year? Uh, I don't know that they have great options in the in the bullpen to replace him. I think it's like Yusmero Petit, who's like the setup man in Oakland right now. Uh, pulling that up for you. Yeah, it's Yusmero Petit. They have Joaquin Soria, who is a former closer. Look, remember the name Lou Trevino, because this is someone who was a Lutrevino, great reliever sure. a couple of years ago, and he's still in that bullpen. So maybe, you know, he's someone who gets an opportunity here. Uh, Greg, are you sure you want me to give you one? Because I feel like Liam Hendricks is just you know, the You best don't want to give me one. You don't have to. Just more on Liam Hendricks for a <laughs> moment. Um, he, his nickname is Slida because he's Australian. So, he is Australian. That is true. That's right. Heard so, him talk. So he got Slida. His fastball went up. He was you mentioned this, Frankie, but it was the highest velocity of his career uh, last year. That's how hard he threw his fastball last season, over 96 miles per hour. He had never been over 94 and a half before in his career, for the most part, or 94.9 he got to. But 96 and a half, way harder than he's ever thrown the fastball before. So he did make some changes, obviously, to somehow get more velocity there. And he maintained that. That's the question. It's the only year that he's ever averaged more than 94.9. More than 94 miles per hour on his fastball. So can he maintain that? All right, Craig. I'll give you, you one. You don't have to. And it's all going to come full circle. You don't have to. And I'll tell you, you why in a second. I'll give you a random player if you want. No, 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 no. <laughs> tell me what you think about T. Oscar Hernandez this year. <laughs> Liam Hendricks is being drafted as a top five closer. but someone not, by, being, not by Team BFF. Not by Team BFF. You're 100% right. Someone who's being drafted as a top 10 closer uh, and, and someone who I've already drafted. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, name is Paxton. Is Kenley Jansen, Kenley Jansen of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and uh, I kind of missed that first closer run. I like to get Ken Giles as my first closer in a lot of drafts, maybe a Roberto Osuna, uh, but those guys were already gone, and so I looked at a fallback option uh, when it comes to Kenley Jansen. 
What I'm worried about is that the strikeouts are down, Greg. They went from uh, over 14 Ks per nine in 2017 down to 10 in 2018, and it b- bounced back up a little bit uh, to 11 in 2019, but he's not the player that he once was. Uh, 132 ERA back in 2017. It's gone up to 301. Last year, 371 ERA for Kenley Jansen. He also had a bad second half. The ERA in the second half, over 4, 125 whip. His line drive rate went up 10%. And to bring it all full circle, Greg, you know who's going to take the job from Kenley Jansen? Blake Trinan. That's exactly right, man. So, look, if you are taking Kenley Jansen right now and you want to handcuff him, just make sure you get Blake Trinan because this year's Blake Trinan is, is Kenley Jansen. Did, did you did you get Blake Trinan, Frank? I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. You did not. He went a couple of picks before us, and then we wound up getting Daniel Hudson. Who, all right, there, there might get some saves there out there in Washington. He'll never get saves in Washington. It's good. It's well, good. a lot of people think Sean Doolittle's the closer all of a sudden again. Daniel Hudson. Daniel will, Hudson. Daniel Hudson will close out the World Series. Yeah, it seems like he'll be there. Pretty good. Yeah, he was good. By the way, uh, you know who had the second highest left on base percentage in baseball last year? I do not. Clayton Kershaw. Mm. Can he maintain it? Crafty veteran, Greg. Come on, he can wiggle out of those jams. I don't think so. Up next, it's Pharrell. It's Coast to Coast. I want to thank Sean and Alex downstairs. Sandra as well. For Frank Staffel, I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow in 2020. We, we hope. hope. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more.